Welcome to a Couch Divided podcast where secular psychology meets a Christian worldview with Dr. Robin Hall and Nick Thomas. All right, Nick, sit back and relax. And if you can't, we need to talk about that. <laughs> Prepare to be couched. Everybody to a Couch Divided podcast. My name is Nick Thomas. Sitting right next to me is the lovely Dr. Robin Hall, as always. How you doing, Robin? I'm excellent, Nick. How are you? Good. And I also have somebody else sitting next to me, which is Zach Morgan's dog, <laughs> Sandy. Yes. Uh, who is a sweetheart and taking a nap. So. so, yeah. Well, she's laying. Yes, she's laying next to you. She yes. isn't going to say anything because she's a dog. But yes. She is qu- quite comfortable. Right but now. she is there. And I know that... In her dog mind, she's saying, hi, I love you all. Because <laughs> that's what her face looks like right now. <laughs> uh, yes, so we are dog sitting. We love any opportunity to have a furry friend in the house. <laughs> because we love furry friends. <laughs> well, it's good to see you. Uh, good to see you too, brother. And uh, what, a w- uh, what a week it's actually been. But before right. we, yeah, uh, before we uh, get started with anything, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Um you can always email us at a couch divided uh, podcast at gmail.com uh, with your questions, with your inquiries, or anything like that. Find us on Instagram and Facebook. Remember, our website right now is under construction, so that's the way to get a hold of us. Right. Um, again, Instagram, Facebook, at a couch divided pod. We do get your messages, we do get your questions. We have a whole list of topics uh, because of you, um, and uh, we appreciate you continuing to listen and uh, venture off with us. Yeah, we love you guys, and we hope that you are continuing to benefit even a little bit from I sure am. our talks. And yeah, like us, share us um, with your family and friends so we can take dominion of this area Amen. as Christians. Yeah. And S- speaking of dominion. <laughs> <laughs> right. Praise God. Right. And you could probably hear it in our voices or maybe anticipate what we're getting ready to talk about. But Roe v. Wade has been overturned. And we, Yay. yes, I, and, and it's okay to be excited about that. There's, and I want to talk a little bit about some of the Christian atmosphere that doesn't feel like they, they should have joy right. um, in this aspect, and which, uh, which we'll get into. Um, where, were, where were you when you first read the decision had come? You know what? Um, it was early in the morning, yeah. and I was just waking up, and yeah. my mother actually texted me, oh. said, did you see this? You oh. know what I mean? And so yeah. I woke up to Mama. that good news. It was it was, it was was later than usual. It was about 7.30 or something like that. Um, when you woke up? Yeah, about oh. 7.30, 8 o'clock or something <laughs> like that. So um, yeah, I slept in I, that day. I yeah. saw it at like 7 something. Yeah, it was something. It was somewhere around then. So I actually but, woke up to that news. That's so. a great way. Yeah, wake up. I was sitting on Facebook, looking at Facebook, 
yeah. Toby was awake and James had to work that day. So it was yeah. just the two of us early in the morning. And then I read it and immediately started bawling with joy. Yeah. Is that going to be one of those times in history where just we remember where we were exactly <laughs> what we were doing probably I, for me anyway i have that about 9 11 i knew exactly what i was doing yeah. beforehand and uh sitting in my room watching tv before i went to school uh, i was having yeah. a piano lesson oh really yeah my dad comes in and says uh, did you hear about the plane wreck huh and uh, at that time it was only a wreck we didn't yeah, know, and then, right. we, then we saw the second plane hit. And Same. We're like, yeah. My, my piano teacher arrived and said, did you see the plane? Mm-hmm. She didn't say plane wreck, but of course. Mm-hmm. So plane we, crash, plane we wreck, hadn't, whatever. and I definitely remember thinking what you just kind of thought, uh, what you said you you also thought, like, at that point, we thought it must be some, like, horrendous accident. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way this could be intentional. Yeah. And then, then you the saw second the plane. plane hit, yeah, and, and it, it became clear, yeah. very clear in that moment that, mm-hmm. oh, no, this was... This, this is a plane. Whoever, whoever did this meant to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so it is just, like, we don't tend to think of it the same way. Um, but, really, we're talking about a holocaust with how many victims, Nick? Since oh, it's over sixty million children, and that's you know that's on the record. You know yeah. what I mean? I I I don't think that they count the uh, the Plan B. Uh, oh, I'm or, not sure what inc- it's included in. Yeah, that. I mean it is a, an abortifacient contraception. Well, you know you take it after the fact, but yeah, it is abortifacient, and um, um, I consider that a you know a Murder yeah. just as a, a, a right w- with abortion. It's the same right. thing. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, we thought we would talk a little bit today because I'm sure we're sure that all of you, like we are, are seeing a varying array of different responses from people about the Dobbs versus Jackson, mm-hmm. um, which is the the actual like the case register. Mm-hmm. Um, so when people talk about Roe v. Wade being overturned, that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so we thought we could speak to some of the psychology that we think is going on. Um, this is kind of one of those off the cuff conversations for us, but, mm-hmm. um, it happens to be an area that Nick and I both have a lot of experience with, mm-hmm. um, ministering and, um, working, I mean, in the abortion I mean, being attached to apology, yeah, being attached to apology alone with end abortion now is going to give you a vast array of knowledge uh, in this topic. Even if, um, you know, you just attend the church, but your husband, I met your husband outside uh, of an abortion institution, which we call the abortion mills. Right, right. Uh, when uh, he was preaching the gospel, and I came there to help. Yeah. In fact, it was a, it's a actual, it's a almost, you know, it's, it's faded <laughs> in, in, in one case it's because such a cool, it's a really cool story Yeah, because then I got to watch you guys come together too as well, which is awesome. Well, and to be the best man in our wedding. Yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah. It, so like Toby's adopted uncle and it, 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 yeah. it, it seems to be centered around this ministry for the love of children. And I was actually, um, um, uh, preaching the gospel outside of a planned parenthood in Tempe. Uh, when I asked uh, Pastor Zach Morgan, whose dog is sitting next to me, yes, um, <laughs> um, is there anything that you guys do on the west side of Phoenix? Because that's where I live, 
And it's just, uh, I mean, I don't mind driving to Tempe, but that's. <laughs> so for those of you guys that aren't in our city or. It's about a 35 minute drive. <laughs> surrounding, so Phoenix, like the Phoenix metro area. Yeah. I think we've probably talked about this before. It's humongous. Sure. Um, so Nick and I live on the west side of our valley mm-hmm. and our church is located on the east side of our valley. Mm-hmm. So it's easily a 40 to 55, depending on traffic, minute drive for yeah. us, mm-hmm. which, you know, we're not complaining about. But yeah. if you don't have to drive an hour to get to the abortion mill to do evangelism, you get to spend more time there. Right, so. right. Now, at this time, I did not attend Apologia. I was an itinerant preacher, but I did serve with Apologia a lot, uh, especially at city council. Neither did my husband. Yeah, yeah, neither. Yeah, uh-huh. so we kind of both went, yeah. you know what, well, let's go to Apologia. But like... um um, God is so cool. Yeah, it, it, and it, it was it was really I mean hard on us to even transition to apologia. <coughs> Why is that? I mean, just this is so because off topic. I'm just well uh, because we had convictions. I mean, we really thought that there's more reasons to stay at a church than to leave a church to go to another one. You know what I mean? Um, and we really yeah. had to, yeah. It's not a decision that you make yeah. really. Yeah. And so it was really hard because you know we love the people at our, our, our church, but then we had to analyze really what our convictions were, what our callings were, uh, if our church is even upholding those things biblically. Um, it took me three months to decide even after I had the initial uh, initial conviction to move. Sure. Um, well, and let me and too. Let tons me of counsel and prayer. So. Yeah, let me be clear too, because Nick and James were not attending the same church when mm-hmm. they met, right? Yeah. Which makes sense, of course. So. Yeah, then we both found each other at Apologia, and that's where he found you. That's right, <laughs> during the... Turn to yeah. each other and say hello in God's love. And I, I looked at Zach and I was like, well, are you guys doing anything on the west side? And he goes, well, do you know James Baird? Mm-hmm. And I said, no. Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes, well, he does uh, ministry uh, outside of Glendale Planned Parenthood, which I knew exactly where that was, 59th and UG in, in Thunderbird. Um, that's in Glendale for those of <laughs> for uh, yeah. those of you. Uh, yeah, Planned Glend- Parenthood, Glendale, Glendale Arizona. Yeah. 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 Um, and I go, well, I grew so, up around that area, which is like a 15 minute drive. Yes. Okay. And I used to walk those streets as a child. I mean, I, I just know that entire area, like the back of my hand. So I was like, <laughs> okay, I'll reach out to him. I suddenly had like this image of you in very baggy pants. Yeah. Walking down the street, listening to sublime. Yeah. In the nineties, that's uh, yeah. that you would have hit the nail. In the head. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have Jinkos. My brother did. Okay. Um, I had the brand Jinko, but they weren't flared out. Right. Anyway, uh, anyway, yeah. Sorry. Um, and so I go there and it, this is funny because I always tell this this way and I always kind of uh, rib uh, James for this, but it's not a really a rib on him. Um, and he goes, well, James's grandpa or uncle, right? Uh, uncle. Uh, taught Dr. White, yeah. if anybody knows James White, he's a pastor, uh, an elder, an apologist, renowned uh, at our church. And, uh, and he goes, well, his uncle taught... Right, uh, my uh, husband's uncle. Yeah, yeah, taught um, James White Greek. It's so cool. And if anybody knows James uh, White, he's, ju- you know... A genius. He's, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, when it comes to parsing Greek, he's oh one gosh. of the best. Right. Yeah. He takes it extremely seriously. Yeah, and um, and uh, there's no other like him. He live, he, like, he live translates. Oh, it's you guys. <laughs> behind the pulpit. If you haven't seen, like, go, you can go to Apologia Studios yeah. and find the sermons that, that Dr. White d- has done, and he is like in real time and it's like he's just translating from the it's so incredible um and it's he's he's not pausing between words he's just reading it as you would any book and (laughs) 
it's it's amazing. And so it okay, makes me feel dumb. <laughs> so he's a brilliant theologian. Yeah, it does. It yes, makes it, me feel so it, dumb. it does kind of intimidate me a little it, bit. Yeah, um, and uh, I'm not uh, intimidated by most men, but right. I have there to admit there is a little bit of intimidation. I was at the uh, Apologia yeah. studio studying and he was sitting next to me eating <laughs> and I just got looking <laughs> over at him and then he looks at me and he goes looks like you're studying that hard that is hilarious and I didn't have a proper response but oh, oh, oh I'm getting ready to teach <laughs> I'm like, okay I'm like, well and um and so I'm I'm thinking like okay so he's a brilliant theologian and I'm thinking that James by extension because of his uncle is also <laughs> a brilliant theologian, a brilliant theologian yeah. which in James's own regard, he is. Um, sure. But I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to uh, this reform. He knows everything. Sure. He's doing ministry. And um, I show up to Glendale <laughs> Planned Parenthood and I meet the sweet James Bear that I know now. Yeah, of course. He's, In a Hawaiian shirt, probably. He's, and he, he's got a Hawaiian shirt, a Gilligan hat on, <laughs> and he's on a louder going, repent. Yeah. <laughs> and I go, all right, he's got this big epic beard. Yes. Okay. Uh, he might be glorious. a little Spurgeon-esque. We'll see. <laughs> and I talk to him and I go, oh, yeah. So do you know Green? He goes, I don't know a lick of it. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. And uh, But then we hit it off right away. And one of the first outings that I've had with James um, outside of ministry was him inviting me to Glendale City Council mm. to speak about abortion to, to the yeah to you know to the our local council and uh, which of course I've done with apology as well so it all kind of ties in together why you know why I'm even here in the first place is because this ministry existed right and that's nuts that's like the only reason Toby is on earth I mean obviously please don't hear us taking credit from God because we recognize of course his sovereignty, his sovereignty yeah. right but without this ministry mm-hmm. he wouldn't be here because yeah. we would not have met right for the love of children Toby's right. here and so yeah. I, I think so it's powerful to us but it should be powerful to each and every one of you um God says that we're made in his image that mm-hmm. human beings are unique in that way mm-hmm. Um, and when you kill one, an, one that is innocent and not, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, here to argue original sin with anybody. That's not what I mean. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it is murder. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. Yeah. They are, they are the least innocent among us and they ought to be protected. This is right. why we have so much affection the, for yeah, children. The least of these. Um, so yeah, so I thought we could start, Nick, can you tell us? what exactly it is that happened in Dobbs versus Jackson. Mm-hmm. It's Jackson Women's Health Organization. So, well, I mean, uh, we got to first start by why is this even been brought up um, in the first place? Well, it really is being brought up because of Roe v. Wade. Dobbs versus Dra- Jackson is not a new Roe v. Wade or anything like that or another Supreme Court decision advocating for abortion, though some might argue that. Um, Roe v. Wade has been overturned, and the reason why it can defer to the states is because of Dobbs versus Jackson. Uh, right. So can you, okay, can you explain, um, well, actually, we th- I think it would be hoove everyone to understand what exactly, like, the case itself was or is. Um, so, well, I, 
I'll, I'll start w- with this. I mean, okay. Dobbs versus Jackson is a landmark decision of, well, that's, why the, that's yeah. what they call it, a decision of the U.S. Supreme Court in which the court held that the Constitution of the United States does not confer any right to abortion and overruled both Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey. Okay. Okay. So that means, here's the thing. This really does mean um, that we could have ignored Roe this whole time. It will go into that. Yeah, that's its own discussion. We're not here, like, and it it is more than just a semantics argument, but we don't, that's not what we're taking time to talk about today. And and this also says that, you know, that they actually acknowledged that there isn't a right to life. Right. In the Constitution when it clearly says it has a right to life. Right. It, it, I mean, you, we, can, you can try and make it ambiguous, guys, but it just isn't. All right. We never considered um, that there was anything but a child in the womb. Right. Right. Until, you know, Roe v. Wade. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> right. A little bit before that. You know what I mean? So this decision, essentially, as case law now, mm-hmm. returns or turns over which, again, uh, we could argue all the semantics around this because mm-hmm. it never actually left the state's control, mm-hmm. the power to decide whether or not they will perform abortions to each individual state. Mm-hmm. So there are lots of states that had what we call trigger laws. Yes. Can you explain what those are, Nick? Yeah, uh, pretty bit, uh, a trigger law um, that was put into place and, uh, you know, uh, the law was written as the, as the state saw fit is that it would trigger as soon as Roe v. Wade was overturned, right? right. So, the so law they couldn't implement it with Roe v. Wade, but they can implement it afterwards. Following, yeah, following so, its over, it being yeah. overturned. So um, Missouri, Mississippi, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. One of the M's, guys, in the South, um, you can Google it. I should have Googled it. I apologize. Um, I believe, like, some of the first trigger laws mm-hmm. to go into effect... Mm-hmm. Um, and banning abortion Te- completely from from conception. Right. Right. Now, Texas has one, too, as well. And if anybody out there is in the abolitionist community and knows John Speed, yeah. um, they had a trigger law that would put a ban on abortion. Okay. But the next day, uh, they were still performing abortions at that center. Yeah. Only because their trigger law saw it fit to put a 30-day... Yeah probation period if you want to put it say it that way on the decision of the supreme yeah, yeah so it wouldn't court. take effect till 30 days after roe v wade right would. and Which that was actually that is, sta- that is like standard in those yeah. just, but it's, but it's crazy the you can you can kill children for 30 more days don't worry about it yeah, yeah that's um so there stupid. are several there are several states with laws like this so if you're seeing stuff on social media that ta- talking about different states where it's been mm-hmm. banned or at least, you know, there are more restrictions in place. Mm-hmm. Um, that It's not necessarily untrue. But what this decision didn't do was make abortion illegal. Right. I mean, technically, because of, and, and you're going to hear me right when I say this, and I'll explain it, but because of certain pro-life virtues, um, it still is, and I did say pro-life, it still is legal in all 50 states to um, abort your child. Maybe not from the physician or the institution itself, but from pills and okay. as, uh, or concoctions 
uh, or what Jeff Durbin's been saying is potions, pills potions, and potions, yeah. right, right. So particular substances that you po- would ingest. I mean, poison. That, yeah. P- uh, pills that melt. Right. The unborn child. So basically particular substances that would either induce a pregnancy or cause right. a spontaneous abortion, which it's not a true spontaneous abortion no. or miscarriage. Right. That's what the technical term is. Um, um, it's not a true miscarriage because you induced it yourself. Right. Yeah. Right. A true miscarriage is not the resultant result of you taking an abortifacient. Right. Um, right. Okay. So that's the like nuts and bolts of what actually happened. So what you guys are seeing, like I said, is probably very similar to what Nick and I are seeing. Right. Right. It, 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 mm. I do want to add this before you continue. Sure. The reason why I did say, I'm going to explain this. The reason oh, yes, why I did say please. pro-life is because there's a particular virtue in the pro-life industry that did not want to punish um, mainly mothers um, for for aborting their children. Right. They wanted to uh, wanted them to escape punishment. They called them victims of society, which we're going to go into a little bit, um, um, yeah. you know, l- uh, further in this podcast. Um, at at most, you would punish the doctor or at least fine the doctor. And uh, and they're in that just depending on what state, uh, what they thought they could pass at the time. And so now we're in a mess because we're here in Arizona with conflicting laws because of pro-life establishments that did not want to abolish abortion, but regulate it because they thought that that would be a victory while Roe v. Wade was in place. Right. So we had a law on the books that actually criminalized it. And if Roe v. Wade got overturned, they were going to implement it. But the pro-life establishments uh, quashed that this law. Is, this is in Texas. Yeah. yeah well, that Arizona. Oh, this is yeah. in Arizona. So okay. we have actually two conflicting laws. We have one law that says it's banned and one law that says you can't do it before 15 days and no one knows what to do. With. Oh, interesting. Because And that was a pro-life law that got put in right. place. Right. So then again, it was a stupid tactic. Well, this is a whole argument. Again, this is another, like, probably several episodes in, entirely, but incrementalism and, like, the arguments yes. for and against yeah. it. So, so I'm an abolitionist, and that's why I bring that up. And that's right. why... I, I, I only bring that up to explain why I said pro-life virtue. Sure. Um, because it does it does play right into what we're getting ready to explain. So. Right. Um. So. Uh, we all have lots of, um, liberal friends, probably even if all they are kind of like in the periphery mm-hmm. on your social media accounts. Um, and I'm guessing the reactions that you've witnessed, Nick, are the same ones that I've seen. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. which is just like shock, disbelief, horror, terror. Um, and then, and some also bitterness for rage, who, yeah. like over a this, it like in injustice that's been done to women. Now, we expected that from sort of a pro choice atmosphere, especially a culture that has now been acclimated to an environment where child murder is normity. Right. But then I also seen it coming from particular individuals who call themselves Christians. Right, which is extremely or concerning. Or soft-pedaling the fact that we're rejoicing over a heinous thing that's been overturned right. so that we can concentrate it on a right. state level and get rid of it. I'm sure if you guys haven't seen them yet, you will. The posts that are like, um, all of you rejoicing over the decision that came out this morning should take a minute and consider the like fear and hurt and shame being experienced by so many of your sisters in Christ today. Uh, Oh my, are you okay? What about the murdered baby Mm -hmm. 
Seriously. Yeah. Seri- like, you have no argument past that. Right. What about the murdered image bearer? I'm, oh, it makes me so angry. <laughs> I know. I mean, you could feel it. Coming the bitterness. Off I was yeah. getting ready to say, I'm like, the steam so, in my ears. It's just so selfish. Um, this also shows you societal, I mean, like the role of a pastor as well. Right. It's supposed to create godliness and resilience right. in this world. If you, are bo- if you belong to a church and you don't have a very clear understanding of how God's law treats mm-hmm. abor- like abortion, then you are in the wrong church. Our whole congregation clapped. We, a standing ovation. <laughs> standing ovation when Roe v. Wade was overturned. Uh-huh. But there's some pastors out there and go, well, women are hurt because it's overturned and they don't know what to do. Please stop rejoicing. And I go, then you didn't train your congregation Correctly. well. And you're personally responsible for the psychological aspect of what they're holding in. Yes. Because you could have trained them up. You could have built them up. And, and I, you should have. You, yes. And you'll answer to God for not. Right. So they're going to be held responsible for their sin and you're going to be held responsible for perpetuating it right um (laughs) so (laughs) i do think however that there is a very real experience of fear Mm -hmm. um terror by a lot of people a lot of women probably of course um who would fall into that Mm -hmm. pro-choice group um and so as somebody personally mm-hmm. who did not become a Christian until I was 25. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I attended public school. I was indoctrinated my entire life into like a leftist, liberal, feminist ideas. Mm-hmm. So I'm speaking from my own experience here. Um, you are trained to believe that the only reason you as a woman are being afforded equal opportunity in education, mm-hmm. equal opportunity in the workplace, the chance at equal opportunity and like pay all of this is because abortion is legal. Mm-hmm. Because if you get pregnant, you're allowed to do whatever you want mm-hmm. to terminate that baby. Mm-hmm. And it is a baby, a mm-hmm. human child person, image mm-hmm. bearer, um, because of the inconvenience that it might cause and disruption and f- like furthering you in any of those areas. Are you kidding? Right. So, but I believe very much that that fear, it the fear that's generated from that mm-hmm. is real. Sure. So, like these people, and myself included, like I would have been absolutely in this camp in high school if you would have asked me then, um, are experiencing legitimate fear mm-hmm. over the idea that they wouldn't be able to murder their children mm-hmm. um, in the future if that were, if murdering their children was the most quote unquote convenient thing for them right. to do. Um, I do believe that that's a real fear, and I I don't think that we should mock it. But I, as I've mocked it, I don't think that we have to dismiss it entirely. But it's it's about presupposition here, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't none none of your argument matters because you're murdering a baby. Yeah, morality and truth and law is not pace, based off of what you're experiencing, inter- in, in, you know, internally. <laughs> Everybody has different experiences different feelings different emotions and we all manifest uh, in our own unique way right very similar to each other but in different reasons if we based the rule of law and morality simply off of that then we have no rule of law right well i mean (laughs) that's but that's currently what that's what governs cancel culture Mm -hmm. it's what governs governs like the mass populace 
it's a it's a powerful tool to an emotional appeal because we can all relate yes, to our uh, you know much. to pain and suffering and fear. Right. And the first examples that the other side give are the most heart wrenching, uh, like utterly unbelievable, tragic circumstances. What about the eleven year old mm-hmm. that was raped by her older brother and is now pregnant? What about her? What about her? Okay. So the question is, at, since when? In the history of God's universe, does one sin atone for another? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like in direct contradiction mm-hmm. to literally all of Scripture. Yeah. Remember, the sacrifice has already been made by Christ. Right. And he says he g- comes to give life and life more abundantly. That's the opposite of abortion. And, okay, I feel for that 11-year-old. Yes. But instead of allowing her to murder her child, why don't we come and help her with her status of mentality? The church should be right there. Right. Not not the physician that is going to yank a, 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 a child's head from her from her womb. Any of you guys that aren't familiar with what actually occurs in abortion, go watch Babies Are Murdered Here. Yeah. And, and the second one, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Pittman is brilliant. So, obvi- like, when, and you, when you pick the most tragic example, right, mm-hmm. the, uh, the child that is in this horrible circumstance, not of their own doing, mm-hmm. of course it breaks your heart. Of course it does. But that never warrants the taking of a life. Mm-hmm. How on earth? Yeah, man, I've gotten this before, and I've said this as a quip. You know, like people bring up mental health and mental illness all the time outside of abortion mills. And uh, my response to that question is, you know, what secular or even psychological approach or technique actually says that you should harm another individual as the first step to peace? Right. Because if we analyze it, it's actually... If you do that, <laughs> there's more evidence pointing to that uh, you're adding to your trauma, right. not relieving it. Right, right. Um, that is, and that's an excellent point. So, you know, Nick, um, because you do so much work in this area, what are the actual statistics with regard to documented reasons behind mm-hmm. abortions? Right, right. And uh, so I'm going to give a general statistic. Yeah. Um, and it usually is about, this is what we say, about 98% of abortions are convenient abortions, Kay. which means, it, you know, I, uh, I need a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going for a job. I'm still in school. Uh, I will never, you know, I, I want to achieve my right. goals or whatever right. like that. I can't now, afford it. Yeah. And those things are important for life. I'm not saying that they're not, you're, you know, your goals, your aspirations, yes. education, things like that. But the reason why I call them convenience is because really when it comes down to it, that's it's, what they are. It, it's not required for you to go to college. Right. <laughs> it, it, it's not required for you to yeah. travel to Europe with your friends in the yeah. summertime. We can easily structure a, a society around trade. And, you know, I, I'm telling you this. There's a lot of mothers out there that go to school and graduate. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, you can do it. It in, is true. Instead of uh, creating less resilience in man, let them rise to the occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll see that a woman, as strong as she can be, can conquer a lot of things. Yes. Especially while preg- you're holding a human being right. <laughs> in your I mean, womb. you're growing how strong, a human there. How much more strong can you be? I mean, it's like, that's that's like Hulk to I, me. I feel you know? like Xena warrior princess right, right now. Right, right. Uh, yes, well, so I'm never, puffing up over all the women right now. <laughs> well, I've never but, had a more, like, and to borrow from, like, a new age the the terminology, I just don't know a better right. word. So no, more, I've never felt more empowered than that, uh, after having a baby. And so, so. Uh, I was going to combine these, but then there's a lot of, 
Um, now, so let's d- talk about the other 2%, right? So there's a lot of talk about ectopic pregnancies. Yeah. Um, topic pregnancy is w- really when um, um, the, uh, the child uh, upon um, um, conception um, gets really caught into the fallopian tube of the woman and starts to grow inside, um, it starts to grow inside that tube. And what happens after growth? So I mean, rather than like yeah. the baby securing to the wall of her uterus, yeah, the baby, yeah, s- secures somewhere else. Yeah, besides the, fo- the womb, right? Yeah. Besides the and uterus. it's usually the uh, fallopian yeah. tube. Yeah, it usually any, is that. Yeah, any yeah. Of, yeah, yeah. There's all sorts of things that can happen, but it's at anywhere outside of the now uterus. that will eventually kill the child and, and most can, likely kill the mother. It can kill you too. Yeah. Absolutely. And we don't want a double negative here or anything. This is a pro-life discussion um, as far as how do we save both. Yes. Oh, my gosh. We're looking for survival in this, not just. And a lot of people use this argument to go, well, if it's okay in ectopic pregnancies, which it's not if you've exhausted. You have to exhaust the avenues of saving lives. Right. Um, first. Yes, first and foremost, we want to save both of the lives. Well, and, and with science nowadays, they're they're doing it. They're pulling it off. It's amazing to see. Yes, anybody yeah. that's interested in looking that up, the the like there there are techniques currently being utilized that remove the baby yeah. from the uninhabitable area mm-hmm. and then reinsert right. the baby right. successfully into a habitable one. Right. Um, and obviously. That isn't going to happen in every single situation. It's it's a sort of a new science. We've been doing it for a little bit, but there is not a lot of professionals in this area yet because it is um, no. a, a very, very risky surgery. Mm. Just like any surgery for that matter, especially when it, it, it's on its um, sort of infant-like ontological stage, I suppose, if you want to say it that way. Um, and there's a lot of things going around well you know what about ectopic pregnancies most abortions are ectopic that's completely untrue it's about a percent right one less one, than one really. one percent less and than so, one percent well let's round up let's just say it's a percent mm-hmm. and then the other argument is rape and incest right and that hits heavy because we know how devastating um sexual abuse could be um and that's sexual abuse right, right? And so sexual assault. Yeah. Yes. Any any type of sexual violation. Yes. Um, And. Again, that's one percent. And the reason why we bring up the statistics, because they will make the emotional appeal to either ectopic or rape or incest Mm -hmm. as a way to cover every single abortion, all abortion and. Basically, I mean, I'm an abolitionist. There is absolutely no reason to kill a child in a womb. Right for convenience or for rape or for anything of that matter. And uh, I believe that the father should be punished, <laughs> not the child when it comes right. to like rape or, or sexual abuse. Sure, of so. course. And they should be. And God's right. law says they should lose right. their life over so it. So right now, the pro-life establishment industry, people who support um, reproductive rights, I guess that's what they call it nowadays, um, are trying to enhance um, that reality of that 2%. Um, as a way to codify a federal law that it's okay to abort. Sure. So uh, please don't hear us saying that the 2% that aren't considered convenience abortions, mm-hmm. right, aren't, like, horrible, right, that the circumstances are probably horrendous around that, right. and that the mother 
is more, like more than likely a victim. I mean, not no, 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 not, not more than likely. If she was raped, right. she is. Well, yeah, I just yeah. meant not like with a topic pregnancy. Yeah. Oh yeah, a, ectopic, a victim yeah. of the circumstance, of course. Sure. Um, but that does not give you the right to make another victim. Yeah, and with an ectopic pregnancy, no one. The, the, the woman babies. most likely doesn't even wanted a, an abortion in the first place. Right, didn't want one. Right, right. Um, and a, again, and that, that Planned Parenthood. I don't think that's even technically considered an abortion. It could be cons- well. It's it, it's not a spontaneous abortion. Technically, you are, but however, it is um, an anomaly in pregnancy that can kill both. Yeah, and will actually if you don't take care. Of, of course, it, it, it just, will. It yes, will. it absolutely will. Um, it's a it's ninety nine percent chance. <laughs> so, <laughs> Let's just say there's well, always a and, chance. And the um, but also most of the time in those pregnancies, the the child dies mm-hmm. on its own. And uh, spontaneously aborts. Right. Your body, uh, God has made your body uh, so amazing that um, it will protect itself. And unfortunately, sometimes that's what uh, that that is what causes a spontaneous abortion. But there are anomalies to consider and things like that. A miscarriage. A mis- yes, I keep saying the medical yeah. term. But yeah, a miscarriage. But then also, you'll see an emotional appeal, and this shows you also the uneducated mind. Is that because there's a medical term called a spontaneous abortion, they think that it's now illegal for a miscarriage, right, which is have, so stupid. Right. And that is not <laughs> that is not what's happened. Yes. And I can see why people would be afraid around that, because you can't control that. Mm-hmm. My goodness. So what hasn't happened, right, mm-hmm. is that it's become illegal to have an ectopic pregnancy or a miscarriage. No. For any other reason, even if it wasn't ectopic, we're not uh, we're not talking about that. Yeah, I was like, we're not saying that at all. Uh-uh. We understand that this is that that we do live in a fallen. world. This is why you have to have a biblical worldview. We do live in a fallen world. Errors by humans and uh, and anomalies that create suffering will happen, and this is one of those areas, mm-hmm. right? And so we have to look to God's law. That's why in an ectopic pregnancy, you should exhaust the attempts to save. Both lives. Right, of course. Like you have sh- should have a doctor that treats you both as patient. Right, as mother and as child. Human. Right. Human. And again, Planned Parenthood doesn't even deal with ectopic right. pregnancies. You don't go to Planned Parenthood. You have for to those. go to your physician. Yeah. You have to go to your surgeon. You have to it's you're not dealing with that in right. Planned Parenthood. Right. They like to say that they do, like Dini's. But, but they but don't they don't. Or at least the ones that I've been to they don't. And right. they, I, I've had women lie straight to my face. I have an ectopic pregnancy. My doctor referred to me here. Liar. Right. Uh, and I will show them on the on the website. Like this They is don't do that here. <laughs> that here. Right. Because it is a very dangerous procedure. Right. Um, you can nick a bowel, an artery. Uh, I mean, there's yeah. a, there's a, it's a dangerous. <laughs> right. There's a lot of risk. And that abortion doctor is not equipped. That abortion doctor is not equipped to do anything but rip a baby's head out. And you can't do it with that. Head <laughs> off uh, yes. and out. Um, and, um, and, but so the lie to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, a, as a way to actually get you off guard. And so we, you can tell that, that, that we're very passionate, <laughs> passionate. and I can go on for I've, hours. And maybe we'll like record another, we can yeah, record another little, little part two uh, of um, this. Yeah. And, but I, so I want to, I want to say this one thing and we'll wrap it up. Okay. Because now we, we want to talk about the the Christians who right. are, they don't know what to do. It, they've well, lived in an environment with Roe v. Wade. They even have some friends that may be of 
pro-choice or maybe downtrodden and they care about them, what do I do? Or you know you've I mean? had an abortion. Yeah, or if you've or had... Or more than one. Right. And now all this is flooding to Right. You. And it, there, so there's going to be, for lots of people, very legitimate psychological turmoil. But Christian, quote-unquote, if you find yourself in psychological distress over... The decision being overturned, mm-hmm. you really need to check your heart. Yes, you absolutely, you absolutely do. Yes, you don't. Un- at the very least, you are not understanding right. why this is a gospel issue. For two thousand years, the church has always held oh. that a child is. Well, I mean, even before that, right, <laughs> but you know, but official. I mean, it's in the Didache and early first to second century writing that you should not harm a child in the womb right we've always had this a part of our law we've always had this and the reason why we've had this was because we understand that everything created by god especially a child in the womb has a right to life and deserves justice when that life is taken away right and this is this goes back to genesis well this goes back to the law of god but even before the, the law was given on sinai when a man takes another man's life, the murderer deserves to have their life taken away from them. Right. That's in Genesis before the law. Mm-hmm. That was, in, that's in our design. Right. Even when you don't understand the law, you understand a little bit of justice just based off of the fact that you are very human created in the image of God. Guys. Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. He knew it was wrong. Cain and Abel. He murdered his brother. <laughs> and boom, punishment right And it's there. like the uh, one of the more common types of homicide, a jealousy yes. yeah, and motivated we, homicide. Right. <laughs> it's idolatry, really. It's, I oh, mean, yes. if you if you get down to it, I mean, it's every like sin can be yeah, could be put, shown by there. That. It's it was just pride. Yeah. You know? So I think I would like to continue this conversation with you, Nick. I know we have to wrap things up. Yeah. But this is a good pl- the, a good spot to, the, to leave off. Yeah. The point of our like really, my whole point in us talking about this today, um, was to encourage you all to rejoice if you haven't been, if you felt weird about it, let it let the like excitement flow through your veins dance party glorify god the lord who could have justly continued to hand over judgment right right and what a like what a glorious day what a glorious day this ruling has destroyed so many lives and is now overturned but as an abolitionist should have never been there in the first place. We could have ignored it in the first place. It is back to the states. The work is not done yet. Right. So in your rejoicing, in your prayers being answered, there's many of you that are listening right now that have prayed specifically for Ovi, uh, Roe v. Wade to be overturned. Right. Your prayers have been answered. They've rejoice. Been answered. Yeah. Rejoice. Um, rejoice again. But do I not ignore. Rejoice. Yeah. Right. But do not ignore. Know that there is more work to do, and. The evils of abortion, uh, it holistically have not yet been put under the feet of Jesus. Right, but this but it will be. Yeah, this is a huge, huge step. Yes, it will be. You can uh, bang for buck. Know that he will destroy abortion. Right. Um, in His sovereign will. My enemies. Yes. Right. His sovereign will, and for so many of you that are listening that have labored outside of abortion centers, and I know that you're out there. Thank you so much for that service yes. to to the kingdom keep doing your work right. keep raising awareness 
keep talking to your pro-choice friends about Christ. Right. Um, if you get persecuted, you were persecuted for righteousness' sake. Your rewards are forevermore in heaven with Christ. And in your fears and in your anxiousness and in your sufferings, even in your joys, mm-hmm. I'm going to go off and even say that, to take courage, to take heart, because Christ has overcome death. He has overcome the world. Love you guys. Love you guys.